Well, as we come to this second Sunday in our series, Living on Purpose, today we look at following Jesus on purpose. And we turn to the Gospel of Mark, the 8th chapter, the 31st verse through the end of that chapter. And we hear some words that are a little hard, as we said in our call to worship, but they are also words of great hope and promise. Would you stand with me as we hear these words of Scripture together? Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. It is fun to pretend to be someone else, isn't it, for a while? To play a, the part of another character, to be a, another person for a while? I think that explains the popularity of cosplay gatherings that are always happening around the country. I think that's one reason that I loved being in plays and in different kind of productions when I was a young person growing up. And I have to admit that in this past year, making all these videos and things, I've kind of rediscovered I like that still a little bit. <laughs> that might not be a surprise to you. I remember uh, back in high school, one of the plays I was in, I was cast as an old man. And so they took a bunch of powder and put in my hair to turn it gray. And they took makeup and put lines on my face. And my drama coach made me work and work and work on how to walk like an old man and get up like an old man and sit down like an old man. Who knew? Right? <laughs> If they could see me now, right? Since I've come to Sun Creek, some of my favorite uh, days have been our trunk or treat days and our concert day this past year in the fall because I get to dress up and I've had fun being some other characters. I think the first year I was Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber in my orange tuxedo. Then I was Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights, there with 
Cal Norton Jr., my partner in crime. I was Chewbacca and had a lot of comments that year of uh, why didn't I rent a costume, but that's more true now than it was then, probably. I was the old man from Jurassic Park and didn't need any powder or makeup this time to look like the old man from Jurassic Park. And then last year I was a rocker with my platform shoes that had goldfish swimming around in the heels. I had a lot of fun doing that. We can look like something, we can look like someone other than we are. We can know a whole lot about stuff that isn't what we do and hadn't been our experience. We might even be able to fool some people sometimes about who we are. But deep down, deep down, we know we can only be who we really are. We can dress and talk like true fans until our team is so bad we can't stand them anymore. We can appear to care for other people until we don't get what we need or want from them and we disappear from their life. We can really get into a sport or some activity or uh, maybe a group until the commitment comes too hard and we drop it. We can look all in for a while, but there comes a point where it really matters who we really are. In the eighth chapter of Mark, Jesus has lots of people following him. Jesus has lots of fans, crowds of fans, thousands of fans, Mark tells us. They all look all in. They look like all the rest of the disciples. Who wouldn't be? In the first seven chapters of Mark, we have heard quite an exciting and wonderful story. I made a little list of the things that have happened before we get to our text for today. It's amazing. Only in Mark could all this happen so quickly. Jesus calls the first disciples. He casts out an unclean spirit with just a word. He heals many sick at Peter's house. He begins preaching with an authority not seen before by the people. He cleanses a leper. He heals a paralytic. He heals a man with a withered hand. He appoints the twelve apostles. He teaches parables about the kingdom of God that made God seem near and made it seem like everyone had a place in the kingdom. He calmed a storm on the sea. He heals a demon-possessed man who lives in the cemetery. He restores a young girl to life and heals an older woman. He feeds 5,000 people. He walks on water. He heals four th uh, feeds 4,000 more people. He cures a blind man and in the process becomes such a celebrity, so famous, that people believe he is either Elijah or John the Baptist come back from the dead. Who wouldn't follow Jesus? Who wouldn't want to be in on that? Who wouldn't want to be an insider? 
Jesus was the thing to do. To be around Jesus was the place to be. Jesus was the next big thing. But Jesus knows what he is going to have to do to fulfill God's call in his life. And he seems to know in Mark's story that it's time for a reality check for these thousands of people who look like disciples. So he draws a line and everyone has to choose whether they are real followers or just people who are playing the part for a while. Jesus has just asked Peter the famous question, who do you say that I am? And Peter has answered correctly, you are the Messiah. So Jesus explains what it will look like for him to be the Messiah. It will involve great suffering. It will involve being rejected by all the religious leaders. It will involve being killed and it will involve three days later rising from the dead. And then Peter does the strangest thing. He pulls Jesus aside and rebukes him. He gets on to him. He corrects Jesus or attempts to correct Jesus. You see, Peter called him the Messiah because of the signs and wonders and miracles that he had seen. Peter called Jesus the Messiah because he had heard Jesus speak of this kingdom that was not the Roman Empire. And it gave him hope and excitement for a different life and a different day. Everything is wonderful until Jesus becomes the ultimate buzzkill, talking about suffering and death. So Peter rebukes him. Well, Jesus turns back around to the whole crowd and calls them near, so they hear his rebuke to Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You're thinking about the world's way, not God's way. Can you imagine anything could hurt that much for Peter to be called the ultimate adversary of God's will in the world? But he was thinking of the world's way, the easier way, the way he had envisioned, not what God had called Jesus to. So Jesus takes this moment to teach that crowd and to teach this crowd what it means, what it looks like to follow Jesus on purpose. He says that to follow on purpose means we deny ourselves. What does that mean, we deny ourselves? Jesus also taught that the great commandment was to love God and to love our neighbor as ourself. When we think of denying ourselves, it doesn't mean that all of us have the call to enter a monastery or a convent and give up all ties to the world, though God has blessed us through the ages with those who have heard that call and answered. 
I believe that to deny ourselves means that we get that love God and neighbor thing in the right order. To deny ourselves means that we put something else in the center of our life. We put someone else in the center of our life. It means we put God in the center of our life. I remember when I was a little boy, I woke up one morning and decided that I wanted to follow Jesus. I wanted to be saved. So I went into the bathroom where my dad was shaving to start the day, and he says, Hey, Barry, Earl, what do you want? I said, I want to get saved. And my dad says, Well, that's odd, but yes, let's talk about that. And so he and my mother sat down, and we talked for a while, and he says, You want the preacher to come? see you and talk. I said, oh, I'd love to. Man, I loved Brother Bill. I couldn't wait for him to come. And I can remember vividly that conversation in our little house, in our living room where we never went except when the preacher came or relatives came, which was about once or twice a year, sitting on that couch next to my preacher with my mother and my father sitting across the room. And he took a piece of paper out of his Bible And he drew a picture of a throne in the middle of it. And he put a little stick figure sitting on the throne. And he said, that's you. And then he drew images that represented all the things in my life that I loved. Sports and my family and the outdoors and church. Everything. Because he knew me well. And he says, to follow Jesus means... You have to deny yourself. And I said, well, what does that mean? And he says, that means that you take Barry Earl off the throne and you put Jesus there. To this day, I'm still learning that. Still working at that. But that's what to deny ourselves means. It means that we give place in our life to God. Jesus said after we deny ourselves, we take up our cross. I believe that means that we pick up our call or our ministry, our life, just like Jesus did His. We don't choose the easy way. We don't choose the world's way or the popular way. We choose God's way. To take up our cross means that we commit ourselves to being who God's calling us to be the same way Jesus committed his life to God. But that's a tall order, isn't it? How do we do that? Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the great scholar, writer, and martyr for the faith, wrote these words. It is only because he became like us that we can become like him. It's only because he became like us that we can become like him. We can deny ourselves and give God the center place in our life. We can take up our cross and fulfill our calling for God because Jesus is the way. Jesus showed us the way. And if we follow him, we will end up 
where God wants us to be. That's what it means to follow Jesus on purpose. But Jesus also said, you deny yourself, you take up your cross, and you follow. You follow. To follow Jesus on purpose means that we go where Jesus went, and we do what Jesus did, and we care about the things that Jesus cared about. That's how we save our lives, by losing it. We save our life by losing our life in Jesus' life. When we follow Jesus on purpose, we trust ourselves completely to God's forgiveness and grace and love. Then we live in Jesus' life. And Jesus' life lives in us. We serve. We love. We care. We embrace all just like Jesus did through a life of service when we follow Jesus. David Platt writes, My prayer is that people will see that following Jesus costs you everything you are and everything you have. And my prayer is that people will see Jesus is worth it. It's a hard thing to get our minds around that we can really deny ourselves and we can take up our cross and we can truly follow Jesus, but we can because Jesus is the way. We can follow Jesus on purpose. We can be the real thing. We can be true disciples and live the life of Jesus in this world. Remember, we can do this because Jesus came like us. We can do this because we don't do it alone. We deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus together in the safe company of others who are stumbling their way to fulfill God's call in their life too. Following Jesus on purpose. We can do this. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.